All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we have the possibility of a heavyweight battle right here. DeLaurier and Rempe sizing each other up. This started in warm-up. I give credit to, to both of us. I think it's a, it's a hard job, but, you know, he's I was in those shoes before. And here we go. This was advertised. Olivier and the rookie, Matt Rinke. There's a lot of respect there for doing that. Kudos to him. He's, uh, you know, he's doing a good job getting noticed. So that takes, uh, for lack of a better word, that takes some balls. What was it like when the Beatles set foot in North America? I heard it was maniacal. Just chaos. I mean, people screaming at the sight of a plane. Ladies fainting. Uh, everyone fainting. Um, the only comparable I can really think of, Matt Rempe. A star is born. The <laughs> DOD's very own Matt Rempe. I don't know why we're taking claim. Everyone wants piece of, piece of this kid. He's everywhere. Oh, my gosh. It's I. That's got to be what it was like when the Beatles came from Europe and landed in the U.S. Rightfully so. The guy's a talented star. Done, making waves, giving the people what they want. So last week we talked about Rempe, the uh, six foot seven or eight, depending where you read, Calgarian who is summoned from Hartford to the American League up to the New York Rangers. And uh, one second into his career was credited with a five minute fighting major. Did it outside in front of 79,600 and change in that outdoor game. And we foamed at the mouth and we gave him flowers and we nearly fainted at the sight of this, uh, New tough guy on the scene, which uh, is always exciting. If I wore a bra, I would have thrown it at him. See, there you are. And so you don't wear them. Okay, good. So that was before this week's episode. That was now let's let's check in. So the outdoor game was magical. 
you had the eye black going, the big NYR outdoor jerseys, and you're like, this is cool. The Rangers with a tough guy just feels right. They've had a bunch in their time, and they got another right now. Well, five games later, Matt Rempe has not stopped making headlines. <laughs> Let's go to his next big outing where it is the Philadelphia Flyers in Philly, a place you played where they love the physical stuff, and Rempe is back at it with former fight leader Nick DeLaurier. Mm, this thing was already set up at uh, at warm-up. They were chatting. DeLaurier said, you want it, kid? And he said, you're goddamn right I do. Big old, <laughs> big swear. is one of my favorites, man. He's one of my favorite guys. And they have a go. I think someone said it's over a minute. Do you know how long that is in hockey fight minutes? I this feel like an- they say, like, what is it, dog years? It's like seven for everyone. So that's like, an, <laughs> it's got to be like an hour of fight time. And Rampe, man. I love the way he fights, man. He, I'm just going to watch for a moment that they're just chucking and chucking and chucking. It, it's it's so great to watch. Tough guys go at it, not give a shit. They're not scared. They're not thinking about, what were the emails about the concussions? Did I, did I fill out the form properly? Did I consent? Two guys saying, you fucking want it? Yeah, I do. Let's go. And they love it. And they tap each other after and they nod and they, they both get it. And this kid coming in, 6'7", like you said. 240, you'd think somewhere along the line in junior or something, someone would say, hey, man, there's no way you should ever get punched in a fight with your reach. You just stretch out like this. Could play defense no one for sure. Ever touch you. Fuck that, he Screw says. That. That's chicken shit. I'm not scared to fight. I'm going to stand there. Yeah, I'm big. I'm strong. I'm tough. Who cares? Squares up shoulder to shoulder with the guy, and they trade with a tough guy, one of the toughest guys in the league. In Deloria. And we saw Deloria earlier in the year. I'm trying to remember who he was telling me. It was two guys that knew exactly what they were doing, and it was a lot of defense. And we had said styles make fights. It wasn't a great stylist, stylistic matchup, and it was a lot of guys hiding behind the shoulder and just throwing blind. This is the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And Deloria, is it the size disadvantage? Why is he keen to trade, or is he like, this is a kid, I might have a chance to tune him in? I think it's because of Rampe, the style he fights. He could easily, as big and as strong as he can, he could lock out, and no one would be able to touch him. There's nobody yeah. that's six foot seven. Right. There's nobody that has a wingspan like him. He could stand there all day long and say, do your worst. I'm big, I'm strong, I'm long. You can't touch me. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He squares up his shoulder, doesn't, doesn't stretch it out, yeah. squares up so that we're throwing. And yeah. he chucks, and they both are landing shit. You think guys aren't landing stuff in hockey fights? Look at Delorier's <laughs> head after this. Look oh at Rempe's God. fight after the Olivier fight. These guys are black, and they're blue, and they're beat up, and I fucking love it. And this kid's attitude with his, you know, where he's from, where we sit right now, Calgary, Alberta, good Western boy. He gets it. He's watched it growing up. He appreciates it. He wants to be it. He, his interviews, man. I love being here. I'm so excited. I couldn't be more appreciative of it. I, I just want to keep going. I want to do what's best for my team. He knows his job, knows his role, and he scraps. And res- like, there's it's a, it's a throwback, man. You it don't really have is. that very much. You really don't. So let's hear from Rempe, who chats with Emily Kaplan on the bench <laughs> at said Flyers Rangers game, and then we'll hear Rempe post game. It's some similar comments, but again. Um, we, we've seen the actions. Let's hear from the personality because this, this does not feel like someone who's been coerced into scrapping for a living. Now you just asked me if I see scored it or not. And the official score said, yes. What's your reaction to that? Oh, that, that's unreal. Probably the ugliest first goal in NHL history, but I'll take it. It was, it was, oh, this is unreal. I'm having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> How would you describe your first week in the NHL? Very eventful. Very eventful first week. I, I'm loving it. I want to bring that physicality, that edge, that edge to the team 
bring speed, fly in there, bang bodies, go to the net, and I think I'm doing that, and I, I'm having so much fun. You got another fight today with Nick Delore. How did that one come about? Uh, yeah, I was stretching at the red line, and I, I thought that he'd ask me. He, he came up, asked me, asked me I wanted. I said again, I said hell yeah, I wanted again, and we went and hell of a tilt. We we're throwing bombs, long tilt. He's, he's a he's a great warrior, but uh, I yeah, I love it. It was unreal. Congratulations, Matt. Hey, thank you so much. Guys. It was a it was a great fight. We were, we were throwing bombs, a long fight, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It got the got the juices flowing, and it was unreal. So there's Rappé's interviewed post game by Emily Kaplan on the bench, and then he does this, uh, this a brief snippet from his uh, media, I guess, uh, the, the the scrum around his locker in the locker room, and uh, he he scores the winner in that game. One gets uh, he's he's a screen in front, and one a, a tipped shot caroms off him and in, and all of a sudden it's like okay, fighting at the outdoor game was unreal, but now this guy's got a game winner, a tilt against. I would suggest the the upper echelon of fighters in the NHL, not just wow, he can hang with them, but like Nick Delorier looked like he got hit by a car. And that that happens. And to your point, like shots are landing for both sides. But that that's an emphatic statement from Matt Rempe that says, I have arrived. I'm not afraid of anyone. And as you heard from him, he's loving every minute of it. And I love it. A throw, yes. A throwback, man. Like this guy, you've seen that guy in your locker room before, but it doesn't seem like there's very many of them in there anymore. It doesn't seem like anyone has that attitude anymore. He's not saying, well, I can really play and, you know, I got hands and I need to show it. And, you know, I'm not just here to throw my weight around. Like I should be on the third line and I want to just shut that. Like we got 10 guys to do that. Do you want to be yeah. here or not? He gets yeah. it. He knows his role. I appreciate that. He's a big big tuna obviously he can skate or he wouldn't be in the american league let alone the nhl yeah he's chipping in offensively already stepping up to the big boys that's a guy we're in the locker room afterwards you're like maddie you're coming with me to dinner tonight yes. the veterans I'm are buying like you dinner you're my guy let's go like you, oh, i love having you on my team guys rally around that guys feed off of it guys want you on your team and i think with that attitude if he continues on i'm not, I'm not just saying oh you, you got to fight every night i'm not saying that but when you he, when you see the way he plays you see the impact why is he everywhere in the media why is everyone's phone matt rempe why are we talking about him why is he getting interviewed left right and center because everyone loves that shit that yeah. is hockey right there and oh, you don't got see it anymore huge bleeping balls to do that for sure. And, and so what's remarkable about it is that this kid has got the stones to come in and say to the reigning heavyweight champ of any team he's playing. Like Matt Martin, you talk about that's a guy that's well-versed. Nick Delorier led the league in fights a few years ago and basically moves team to team offering scrapping services and knows his role on the fourth line. <laughs> then his fifth game of his career will fast forward a little bit to stay on the fighting theme. Rempe lines up with Columbus Blue Jackets and it's Matthew Olivier that he's yapping with in warm-up and gets the scrap. So this is where I'm interested. This scrap, I mean, it it doesn't go Rempe's way, and that's life, man. That's life as a tough guy in the NHL. He has had nothing but accolades and positive things. This was a little bit of a, a setback. Goes in against a tough Olivier kid. And my God, they're trading, man. Like yeah, Rempe is trading a lot. Rempe's not worried about his grab. He's not worried. And fucking every punch Olivier threw landed like hats off to you, man. He is poised. There's he is dialed. And he's, he's. So tip your cap to Matthew Olivier. Absolutely. <laughs> tip your cap to both of them. They showed up. Yeah. Rempe's a rookie shows up. He's been having nothing but positive things go, go his way. A little bit of a step back there. And, and you know what? 
fuck, Olivier is landing everything. You could see, you could see Rempe's head just getting whacked, and yeah, then all of a sudden yeah. he's down on his ass. Which, if you look at his eye these days, it's damn near swollen shut. He got hammered a couple times in the face with a bare knuckle fisted punch. Now I'm waiting to see what's Rempe's reaction to that. Is his confidence been shaken? Yeah. Is he going to go right after? I don't know. He's he's got Olivier again coming up this week, and then on Saturday he's got the Toronto Maple Leafs. And does Ryan their Reeves? heavyweight take a, a look at him? Well, and if you're Matt Rempe, we'll get to the tips from Jay in a moment because you can overdo things and you can expose yourself to unnecessary risk. Uh, you also have to remind people of your presence, and there's certain spots and certain guys that. You, you, they stay with you forever. That's on your fight card forever if you get a W. Now, but before we get there, this is Matthew Olivier on the uh, regional broadcast in Columbus at the intermission. This is a fight early in the game. Rangers won 10 in a row. This was the game that snaps the 10-game winners. Columbus of all teams beats mm -hmm. the Rangers. And it was uh, Olivier that got a lot of pump, and why not? He said, I'm giving up six inches. I don't give a shit. My team needs me tonight, and it, it didn't hurt them, obviously, as they ended, up, ended that streak. I don't even remember, honestly. I think uh, I think I just kind of asked him, you know, uh, I told him good tilt yesterday and asked him if he was good to go. He said, yeah, I'm good. So here we go. But uh, that was pretty much it. So Olivia gets the lift he wants for his team. You hear his perspective there. We've, we've kind of heard both sides saying that the other guy asked for the fight. Olivia there. Either way, clearly willing combatants. So five games into his NHL career, Matt Rempe has three tilts, and it's Matt Martin. Nick Delorier and uh, Matthew Olivier, who gets the victory in this one. By the way, the Delorier one, our pals at Hockey Fights have a rating for every fight, like blew the Three doors the off the rating system. <laughs> a far and away fight of the year, never mind fight of the week. So mm -hmm. don't expect us to dig something up before the end of the show that's going to top that. There's mm -hmm. your fight of the week uh, with Delorier. But I guess the conversation becomes how much is too much and what advice would Jay Rosehill have for Matt Rempe. When you talk about he's got some tools he's not using. If he wants to play defense more, it might not be as exciting, but if he just extends his arm a little more, he's not bent the whole time against Olivier, he's not eating five, six shots like he did. Yeah, and I mean, they're setting those things up in warm-up, so obviously he's eager, and I don't ever think that this is going to go back to the 2002 heyday of good luck and square up and just quietly, like just completely like, are we even into this? This kid's young. He's eager. He's full of piss and vinegar. He's ready to rock. He's not scared and he's making his mark. So he's yes. stretching on the red line. Oh, guess who else stretches on the red line? They're a tough guy. So nothing but respect. Obviously this guy's not a shithead that that's causing a bunch of trouble. He's obviously got the respect of the other big boys in the league. Cause they come up and say, Hey, saw what happened last night. Good job. Sure. You're ready to rock tonight. Cause if you're coming, I'm here, yeah. and away they go. And, I mean, he's not going to set up every single night like that with a tough guy, right. but he's in there trying to make his mark saying, just so you know, I'm here now. Yes. And that's what's happening. So as far as it being too much, he's not going to continue on this pace for the next 30 games. Right. And that's an important distinction because coming in and forging your identity in the league is one thing. He can't fight three times every five games. That That is insane. So – what is the right number? Is it when you see Reeves on the calendar? Is it a big rivalry game when you've got the Islanders or the Devils? Like, talk to me about how if you're in his corner, let's say you're his agent, you're you're his old hockey junior coach, you're a teammate of his, what advice are you giving him? He's now got a shiner and he's got 
uh, Reeves on the weekend. Is that the right time to fight Reeves or are you asking him how he's feeling? Well, it, it, it's a tough thing. Like when you come off of a, a loss and I mean, that was a loss to Olivier and I don't really care who wins and loses fights. I know the fans watching love to rate them and say who got the edge and this and that. It doesn't really matter if two guys show up like that and, and the one guy eats the last punch and happens to go down. Yeah, it's a little bit of an extra boost for that team. But the fact that both those guys are showing up and throwing bombs does the job as far as hitting the reset button, resetting the momentum, getting the boys on their feet. Everyone's fired up. You come out of the penalty box. Everyone's banging on the thing, hitting you on the back going, let's go, baby. We're ready to rock mm-hmm. now that that fired us up. So that's all good and dandy. But when you come off of a loss, mentally, you know, what the fuck happened there, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like the feeling of eating those two and then all of a sudden I'm on the ground. The guy lets me go and he's clearly the victor. No fun at all. So his confidence might be shaken. He's going to go back and it's not fun, but you're going to have to watch that fight and watch yourself two or three times get beat up, get punched in the face, lose a fight, and you're going to have to figure out what went wrong there. And I imagine next time he fights, He is going to be a little more locked out. He's Mm going to use his reach. He's going to use his size a little bit more. I don't see him as being a guy that's going to hide and not care at all about landing a punch as long as he doesn't take one. But he's big and strong enough where it's like you have this huge asset. You might as well use it. I imagine he will keep a little bit of a distance, pick his spots and, and launch when he feels like it's time to punch. But I don't think he's going to love eating those ones that he ate, hence the big shiner that he can barely see out of his eye at practice the next day. So a little bit of a lesson learned. And you know what? The best way to get rid of that gross feeling is to get back on the horse and and have a scrap here. So I I believe they're playing Columbus again here soon. So whether they go again or not, that'll be interesting. But and you got Reeves on the horizon. Too. My eyes on Saturday night. I think you might. And I know you're you, you do a daily show on the Leafs. So. Things get focused on that team, but Rangers Blue Jackets is fuck all. I mean, mm. it's mice nuts. That's not a rivalry that matters. Columbus is way out of it. Maybe you tip your cap to the guy. Maybe the coaching staff does your favor and you don't get put out at the right at that time of the game where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think you're gonna have Matthew Olivier the next few years in the league if you're Matt Rempe and you can pick your spot. You don't need to work on his schedule at this point, especially if in if, if he's thinking like you are, which is to say. There's one big fish out there, and if I give myself a few more days to get right, we could be reeling in one of those, like, hang it up on the wall, 30-pound bass. That's that's Ryan Reeves, I'm Toronto the, Hockey Day in Canada. Well, and the same thing with Revo. He's fought twice this year. How much How much anticipation was him coming into the big market of Toronto, signing that deal? Mm-hmm. Here's our and I think he fought guy. right away, didn't he? It was he, like he fought right away. Yeah, it's been and, not much. Herbert Jack guy, but it's only been two fights. Yeah. And he got scratched for a while and then got injured for quite a while. He has been off the horse for quite a while. Saturday night at home, Reeves has been playing quite well. He scored on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, He's kind of back, and I'm pretty sure he wants to solidify his remember me, I'm valuable, yeah. I am I am a big boy. The Leafs are coming off a loss Saturday night at home on a homestand. I imagine Reeves will be like, this is my chance to lick my lip, a lips. A huge kid, yeah. but a young kid, and an experienced kid, and a kid that's maybe a little bit low on confidence. Or just a, fighting a little loose, to your point. That's not using defense enough. There you go. I think Reeves is going to want to take advantage, and I don't see anything about this kid that would make him say, I don't think so, sir. He is a gamer, and I bet you he wants to get back on the horse and get that shitty feeling out of his mind. So it's Original Six. It's Hockey Night in Canada. It's you know two teams just 
coming off of heaters. Rangers won 10 in a row. Two hottest teams in the league. And I think the Leafs were, what, six or seven in a row? Seven in a row. Coming back on that uh, roadie where they went through the desert. That, uh, you know, we talked about when that uh, Cutter Goche goes back to Philly, and that's a game to be at. <laughs> yeah. This weekend, there's a game to be at, too. We got to build our DOD schedule, schedule for next year around, like, some of these tilts. And normally they... Normally you build them up and, and it's just nothing. Like I remember yeah. games where I, I would get called up for games and people are like, Oh, so what was the biggest one? Is there one that Daniel Carcillo was uh, yes. running around like a maniac caused all this mayhem. I get called up and they're like the fight, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I'm thinking Carcillo's probably not going to fight me just so you know, he's kind of a middleweight guy and yeah, different way. He's class, smart yeah. enough to say, not that I'm scary or anything, but he would just be like, this is all built up. I'm not going to let this guy that's way bigger than me take advantage and, push the narrative and guess what happened uh they put us out there second shift and we scored and it changed the whole narrative and like nothing happened and there was no fight at all oftentimes the media builds it up and it becomes nothing this one i see multiple avenues of why it will definitely happen if it doesn't i'll be surprised and disappointed but i have a feeling that these boys are going to go saturday night well, and if you think Matt Rempe has to fight to make an impact in a game, uh, wrong again. The guy skates well for a man of his size, and he also, uh, well, he left some a bit of a mark on Nathan Bastion of the Devils, another rivalry <laughs> game, man. They had the Islanders, then they got the Devils. Check out the hit Rempe lays on Bastion here, which uh, ends up getting him a, a, a match penalty. He's tossed from the game. There was thoughts, suspension or not, but uh, – Jeez, big man hits player not ready to receive hit. We've done this segment a thousand times this year, I swear. Oh, and, and he is hurt. I'm I'm not there's no embellishment here. That looks like a lot of head contact, but Rempe 6'8. What he's completely tucked that arm in. What's he supposed to do? <laughs> I don't know, man. This is that gray area that we live in. Yeah. She's full contact sport. You're allowed to body check but you're not supposed to have the principal point of contact be the head, which that clearly was. Yeah, despite moving at full speed with, you know, 12 other people skating out there. Despite despite a guy in a matter of a quarter of a second going from pure shoulder to head, Mm -hmm. I just, it's so damn hard, man. Like, you you can't have it both ways. You can't have a full contact sport that no one gets their head hit on. This bastion hit, the guy's, he's legal to get body checked. He has the power game. You're supposed to protect yourself. You're supposed to understand it's a full contact sport, especially when you have the puck, especially on the a half wall, especially in your D zone. Everyone's coming. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to know who you're against. Here's a young kid just cutting his teeth in the league who's a massive physical player. You not think he's going to hit you? The 240-pound rookie? So maybe not yeah. lead with your face. <laughs> he gets hit in the face. I feel like every week I'm doing this, man. Yeah, Bastion man. gets hit in the head. Okay, you have a cut on your nose. You're not dead. You don't have a concussion. I know you don't like it, but you're playing in the NHL. You've played hit hockey your whole life. What the fuck was that reaction to getting hit? He gets up. He's on his one knee. He's about to skate to thing. No, maybe my dad will come and pick me out. Lays down on the ice with See, his I watched shoulder. That I, I think that's that is concussion. That's Bleep the difference. Bullshit. He was out there. He fought the neck. He fought he, he later on in the, the game. game. He took a bit hit with Cherubah. He fought but, in the game. He got hit again. He got in a fight. Okay, but just the clip. When I see that, it's like, ooh, I'm a little woozy. I'm going down. But that you're saying that, that that's absolutely could be. You don't stuff. think if he can lay there on his thing and take his gloves off and unclip his helmet and take his helmet off and touch his nose. You tell me he can't fucking skate 20 feet to his bench. That's embarrassing. I tell my U nines not to do that. Everyone that I know that coaches says, Hey, 
If you're not really hurt, come to the bench. We'll take care of you. Your dad's not coming out to grab you to say, hey, the whole game's waiting for you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm. are you okay? Are you, are you done? No, I'm going to be out there next shift. This is the NHL. This isn't U9 minor hockey. It's a heavy hit. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Name a guy that follows hockeyfights.com who loves the rough stuff, who loves the old school hockey, who loves watching the fights, who hates these suspensions from hits, who looks at Bastion Lane getting up. He's up. He's going to skate away. And then he goes, ah, fuck it. I'm going to lay down for a bit. I'm going to unclip my helmet. I'm going to take one glove off it. It's like, what are you doing? I just don't get it. And to your point, you're right. He he finishes the game. He takes a heavy hit from Truba. There's still lots that happen. And then he goes after happens. Truba headlocks him, gets in a fight. Yeah. No, that's. You're not dead. You can get off the ice. That's fair. Uh, okay, so good news. No suspension from the league. I assume you've got as good news. The match penalty, Surprised. I, I I, think, here's what I know. 15 years ago, that's clean hit. No one even blinks. And it's like, what the hell are you doing, Bastion? You didn't know where the 240-pounder was. And 15 years from now, that's going to be like, you put him, <laughs> give him the electrical chair. So I know what, what it was in that 30-year window. In the middle, I am confused. I can live with a match and no suspension because I feel the suspension is really the the miscarriage he's, he's averaging about five minutes a game rempe it's not like this is a 12 like i can live with it i don't like it but i can live with it rather than the other side which is suspending him I, agreed i can live with it too i mean you give the guy a match penalty that's a one game suspension that's a kick right? in the nuts. Yeah, yeah for sure you're done you're you're out of here you can't play anymore till tomorrow like it's kind <laughs> of a it's a it's a yeah. so-so but with a if it's a match because it's a direct hit to the head I mean, all signs about player safety and the rules in the NHL today and the new NHL makes me think, oh, you're getting two, three games and then nothing. Yeah. I love it. I'm not arguing. I like it. I I put that all on Bastion. You're playing hockey. This is hit hockey. The rules aren't going to protect you. A guy's coming to hit you. Fucking protect your head. Yeah. Get yourself against the glass. Get your shoulder up. Take a hit. Have your head up. I just can't believe that they would give a match, kick him out of the game, Look at it, clear clear hit to the head. I mean, every suspension that we've seen from a body check has been boiled down to slow motion. George Perils is describing how the principal point of contact is the head. Everything about that is suspendable. I don't always agree with it. I don't always like it. I don't always understand it, but that one's not. Yeah. So there's the gray area that we live in. Why mm-hmm. is that not suspendable? What, go pull up the other suspensions that have been happening. How come that one's a suspension? Why sure. is this not, this is a young, this isn't like, this isn't like Ovechkin burying a guy and they're like, well, let's Ovi and let it go. This is a kid that's played four games in the NHL. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's weird to me. I, and, and that's the gray area that we live in. And that's my frustration. I understand you got to protect the kids, protect the league and everything else. But you, the guys sign a waiver when they enter the league saying this is hit hockey. We understand what concussions are. We understand they're not good for you. You understand we're trying to do everything we can to mitigate that. mitigate those risks, but also it's still hit hockey. So yes. does that not alleviate the league from, I mean, I understand when you go back to the early days and there's emails floating around going, yeah, these guys are mush heads and shit, and, but we're going to pretend like we don't know anything about it. I get that. We're but past that. We're past that. So I just like, what, can we just not have a gray area anymore? Can we just, can we just have a black and white? And it's very it's difficult hard. when you're yeah. trying to protect heads, but it's hit hockey. I was waiting for you to lobby for suspend suspensions that didn't happen. It's finally happened on the show. <laughs> no, you're happy it didn't happen, but I'm you're good. right. Rempe if that good. was suspended by one game and there's like, okay, you serve that game. It's basically one. Give them another. Like you wouldn't have been surprised. No, like, I wouldn't ah, have. shoot, but yeah, I get it. So they didn't. Um, what does he need to do to carve out a career? What does that career look like? What is he or is there still more to be shown? Because he's definitely got everyone's attention with the fights, 
But what does he have a career that can he go out and be that physical hitting threat and not need to fight as much? Again, back to the whole agent player advisor, Jay Rosehill talking with Matt Rempe. I feel weird that I'm the guy giving advice to everybody when I'm kind of a pigeon myself, but yeah, but you've lived it and you've learned and you said, man, if I could do that again, that worked or that didn't, or like, here's something that I really admire about other guys that you're doing or not doing like, come on now. Totally. And I mean, we've talked about his attitude and, and the kid's character, you look at him and he's, it's, it's infectious. You, You want to be around that guy. That's a guy I can listen to a, a two and a half minute interview and go, I want that guy on my team, yes. right? His attitude, his, his zest for it, his balls, his everything about his energy you, you're attracted to. Hence mm-hmm. why we're talking about him. Hence why everyone's talking about him, which is great. He's a huge body. He's going to be a scary force who can fight anyone in the league for league for years to come. But what he has to do is he has to work on his skating like crazy. He has to keep up. He cannot look like, a guy that's out of place in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And I think that what he's got already as a base is obviously good. There's tons of guys that are tough as this kid who could never play in the NHL just because they're just, you're just a big lug, a big slug, right? Like the league was getting that way in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. where it's like, this guy can barely skate, right? But he's tough. That's not Matt. It's not Matt. He's got a skate. He's got a hit. He's got a four check, but he's got to be responsible with the puck on the half wall. If he gets it in his possession, he can't get pinched down on. He can't go through the middle and get it knocked down to go to go the other way or the coaches are going to say i can't trust you on the ice i can't put faith in you to put you out anytime let alone Mm -hmm. the last five minutes of a period or a game so if he cleans that up and is responsible if he's smart if he can make the passes work on his game get it to his support get it deep bang and crash and then get in front use his big body he's already banged in one goal in like five games Mm -hmm. chip in offensively here and there play his eight to nine minutes then you're effective and the rangers are going to go we love you because there's no one that's going to push us around. There's no one that's going to bully us. You are going to beat on their D-man. You are going to be responsible with the puck and keep it deep. You're going to be in front of the net, banging and crashing, making room for our big boys. And that's what we want out of your eight or nine minutes. If he can do that, he'll stay in the league. And clearly, he's got the balls and the, and the, uh, the toughness to handle himself against anybody, which everybody likes. Yeah, I look at the Rangers. There's not a lot missing there. I think Shesterkin is a top three goalie in the league. If you had to pick somebody to start a franchise around in net, a lot of people would have him number one. Hasn't been a great year, certainly the first half of the year for him, but we've seen the sample. He's been in the league. He's been dominant. He's turned the corner since the All-Star break in a big way in my mind. They've got Fox on the blue line, maybe Mm -hmm. one of the best all-around defensemen in the NHL, a guy that always is in the Norris conversation. You've got one of the heaviest hitters that has other teams – pooping themselves with their heads down in the neutral zone and Jacob Truba. And you got a guy that scored 50 and Chris Kreider, a guy Mika Zabinijad who can absolutely bury the biscuit. Panarin's a distributor. Lafreniere is starting to come. All of a sudden you get a fourth line. They don't have to have a lot of minutes, but if you can go in, hit a couple bodies, get a puck deep and get the hell off. Like the Rangers look good this year. I think they're more of a wagon than people think last year. They jump in there with Tarasenko and Kaner. And I just don't think that formula worked chemistry wise. And it was kind of a dud. So people are like, write them off. Everything you just said is just like, Oh my God, they're going to be a force in the East. And yeah. they're just coming off a, a mass. What a nine, 10, 10 game, game heater. Yeah, it was the fight against uh, Olivier that ended it. That was I, 10 in a row. I think they're undercover a wagon. That's yeah. going to be scary in the East that people are not talking about it. And I love a team that, does not have a ton of expectations on them and they're just free to go do their thing. And with all the firepower you just said, 
and they're what rounding it out with this rampage kid. It's uh, it's a nice little formula to put together a playoff team. Well, and finally, the Rangers are going to get to be able to charge a reasonable ticket price. Finally, which uh, with all the, all the that'd be a hell of a place to watch a game. <laughs> our our DOD travel list is getting quite extensive, isn't it? To we, go watch that team in the spring in the playoff series with all the everything we just mentioned. It's already a scene at MSG. Like you would have been in division with them for a couple seasons. That's that is unlike most other places in hockey. We played them in a playoff series with the Flyers, and it's there's there's something about the New York Rangers. There's some of Madison Square Garden, and there's certainly something about New York City and Manhattan yeah. in particular. Yeah. It has got electricity about it, and with the team that you just described, tells me they're they're really close to doing something special. You thought with the additions last year at the trade deadline, they were going to be full tilt. It just didn't work out. That's hockey. This isn't basketball yeah. where you get one good stud and away you go. It didn't work. The chemistry wasn't there, whatever. Chalk it up to what it was, but there's lots of potential there. And I hope our spending account is getting flushed <laughs> because I want to do some of that. Yeah, do talk to our sales department about flying us out to New York to watch the Rangers. Thanks, guys. You uh, like and subscribe, five stars, all that. Uh, tell your friends if you like it. Don't tell your friends if you don't. Um, that's a fun team to watch. And we'll move along. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Back to our old friend. Oh, back in the news. Nick Cousins is having a year on the Department of Discipline. There is not one player in the NHL we've talked about more than Nick Cousins, and he was doing Nick Cousin things again, which if uh, you play for the Panthers, you love. If you play for the opposing team, it drives you insane. So um, Nick Cousins gets knocked to the ice, feigns serious injury, and then immediately pops up like it's a Black Friday sale and there's one toy left on the aisle that his kid wants. He pops up and races back into the action. This is quite a sequence from who I dare say is the number one pest and agitator in the league right now. 
He is public enemy number one, without a doubt. I mean, he takes a shot from whoever that was and like goes down. Shot. And what he's doing is going down saying, did you see that? Like, did you oh, see the really shot he hit. just took at me unnecessarily? And then a scrum breaks out and he's like, well, I can't be laying here. So he hops up and away he goes. And I was saying on my show on, on Leafs Morning Take this morning when we were talking about it, I'm like, I don't know if it doesn't bother me because I know him like quite well personally. Like I lived across the hall from him. We traveled to the rink together every day. And I, I, I really like Cuzzy, and I know that he's just being a rat. And every rat in the history of the game who has been on someone's team, that teammate said, I love the guy. Yeah, this is like Rafi Torres, Sean Avery shit. A hundred percent. And yeah. it's like you, you're doing like his career before he started doing all this shit. He was a fringe player. Now he's kind of front this is his ticket center on a money. run to the Stanley Cup finals and scored a game winner. Like, or is that a series win? I like he's made an impact, man. Yeah. And guys want him on the team. There's a reason he's there. And that stuff right there, he goes down, he 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 acts like he got shot and then he pops up. But what's worse, that or the Dylan Larkin, where he acts like he got shot and he's literally like like palm up to the ground stretcher comes out to the point where his teammates got to go take a suspension on a guy because he's like something really really bad must have happened and then he gets up and he's totally fine and he literally acted like he was dead and had the stretcher literally came out for him mm. what's worse that or because he trying to draw a penalty and then popping up and being part of the scrub well and to your point one is getting under the skin of the opponent and driving them nuts and the other is just oh this is acting class i guess exactly because he's doing a job and would I do that job? No, because I don't want people talking about me that way. I will feel good about it. You feel slimy. But there's slimy guys out there, and you want slimy guys in your team, and slimy guys are effective. Guess, like, I don't even know if a power play came out of that situation or not, but he draws lots of penalties. He gets teams off their game. He's so good at every, like, if they didn't go to commercial, you should see him running mm -hmm. his mouth to the other bench. He's he's so easily hated. Mm -hmm. the, the tone of his voice, the the look on his face, like, I will just abandon all game plans and my coach's advice to get uh, just one shot at this prank. Yeah. And that's why he's doing it. And yeah. he's effective at it. And he's on a really good team that damn near won the Stanley Cup that's making another run again this year. That might not be a guy for every team, but a team that's got Gadjevich, Kachuk, Bennett, Lomberg, and others. Like, they lost Radko Gudis, but there is all kinds of ball of muck left on that roster. And and to when you stir the pot, and those are all your teammates, advantage your team. I don't care who you're lined up with against. You got more greasy guys with dirt under their nails. And if you turn it into a pseudo wrestling event, advantage Panthers. And I can't believe I'm doing this show and I constantly, I'm not defending Nick Cousins. I know why people hate him. I I will sit there with a smile if someone gets them and just nails them. Like when was it uh, on the back end, uh, not Jason Garrison, um, we did the show on it already, but he got his lunch fed to him, got jumped and fed. Zucker crushed him. And it's like, I don't, I know when guys are going after him, I get it. And I'm surprised to be sitting here Good and I Branson feel like too. Good Branson yeah. is yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I feel like I'm defending because he, I'm not, I'm just telling you what he's doing. I'm just yeah. telling you his MO and that this is exactly going to plan. Yes, this is and, he, this isn't an accident. He's like, I'm playing honest. I'm playing hockey the right way. He's not saying that. He's <laughs> chuckling under his breath, going, "Fuck you, I do something about it. Come do, come, yep. come do something about it. Take a penalty." He's, and and so if you're lined up across from this guy, 
your eyeballs twitching, you're losing your mind. If you have to play against this Panthers club, like let's say you're a member of the the Lightning and we get a Battle of Florida, underrated, awesome rivalry. They've they've had major tilts in the preseason. Like Panthers got swept by the Lightning a few years ago. They remember that. Like if you're a member of the Lightning, you want to ring this guy's throat. 100%. And if I was playing, like when you say you're going to twitch out and start tweaking, that's exactly what your whole organization, your GM, your coaches are saying. Don't, Don't do let him do this. Forget about this guy. Yeah. But if I'm playing him, I'm going to grab him on a face-off and I'm going to go, hey, Cuzzy, I'm probably not playing next game. We got a bunch of buddies coming back. I'm going to fucking hurt you if I get a chance. So every shift, I'm going to, I'm, I've, I've already asked buddy behind the bench, yeah. get me out against you. I don't give a fuck. I'll take a two gamer. Yeah. I'm going to get you and I can't fucking wait. And then he's just going, Jesus, that's kind of, maybe I'll chill out tonight. And then maybe you get a piece of him. Maybe he comes out of his own looking behind him with a bit of a suey and you kill him and then spring load your gloves and fight buddy who wants to come in and just make a mockery of it and then go, that didn't work tonight. Did it there? Cause you boy, that's fun. It's good. It's part of the game. It's, it's the just, backstory that I the love. Dark arts. The love dark arts shit. we talked about last week. And yeah, like to get him to stop doing it, it is you've got to be better at the dark arts, which is what you just described. Get in his head, know that he doesn't want to fight, and you intimidate him. And and how's how's he going to play the rest of that game? Switch thinking it. about get in his head, yeah. make him second guess every time he touches the puck, make him second guess every time there's a whistle, turn around, going fuck, is he coming yeah, or not? To be clear, like we're not cheering for injuries or pain or violence. What we're saying is that. These games are undeniably much more entertaining when you add a variable of intimidation and physicality. There is nothing more disappointing than when you pay hard-earned money, go to a hockey game, and it's a no-hitter. It's a snooze fest. And I'm not – what I just described in my mind has nothing to do with pain or violence or injury. I'm ne- I've never tried to injure a guy in my life. I never want to injure a guy. I want – to play as hard as possible. I want those dark arts to be as deep as possible. I want sweat dripping off. I want to be screaming. I want to be soaked. I want to be boiling hot. And I want to be so into the game that you're just living and breathing it. And that means I want to catch Cousins with his head down and I want to make him do a backflip on the fucking ice. But guess what? Every huge hit, almost every fight, like statistically, the the grotesque percentage of those plays don't end in injury. So don't assume I'm talking about an injury yeah. or to injure a person. I want to humiliate him. I want to knock him down a peg or two. I want him to lose that battle within the battle. What you're talking about is trying to give your team a bit of an edge and a better chance of victory. 100%. Get him off his game. You're less likely to see your teammates fall prey to his anthem. He tried to do his shit. He failed at it. Yeah. All right. There's our annual, uh, or sorry, our weekly Nick Cousins call. <laughs> I know. When's he coming on the show? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out today. Uh, okay, we have some uh, flyweight and the middleweight. Uh, Chris Tanev's name is roaring around. Trade mm-hmm. deadline is on March 8th, midday. I believe 3 p.m. Eastern means noon Pacific. That is, uh, yeah, the eighth day of March. We're, we're getting close. Tanev's likely going to move. He's the top right shot D available. But how about his brother, Brandon, the former Penguin? <laughs> Expansion draft goes to Seattle. Hard worker, just like uh, older brother. Both, I believe, undrafted out of college. Uh, little tilt here. Okay, let's check it out. Connor Garland. I'm hoping this becomes one of the better rivalries in the NHL. We're not there yet. It's Seattle. It's Vancouver. It's a short drive, train, and or float plane. Here we go. Can I give you one gleaming example of why you don't put your head down in a fight? Yeah, this is a good one. 
Yeah. I don't know if I've ever. What, what, do you, what can you do from down there? You can only receive is what it looks like to me. As he, he bends at the waist, puts your top of your head right into the guy's belt buckle and let this guy freely unload. You might as well just present yourself and say, beat me to death because that's what it looked like what was happening. You got to get up. You got to keep your eyes where you can see what's happening. You got to get your arms where you can figure out how to defend yourself. That I, I can't think of anything in recent memory where a guy unloads uppercuts as free as a bird mm-hmm. and just makes a mockery out of a scrap and poor Garland. I know he's smaller than him and everything else. Yeah. And I hats off to him for showing up and, he was the guy that I don't know if he instigated that necessarily or not, but he was certainly willing, willing yeah. 100%. And just that's a big old lesson learned, man. That's something that a tough guy would learn in his 16 year old year, a junior, where it's like, remember that time I buried my head to try to protect myself and mm-hmm. got my lunch fed to me? I'll never do that again. Yeah. And I bet you Connor Garland won't do that either. But ha, I remember one time fighting a guy that probably was a little bit not out of his element probably and it was in front of their bench and they were screaming he's a lefty he's a lefty and he was looking at my arms and he just went with both hands and grabbed onto my left hand thank you and buried his head and i kind of did the whole starting the lawnmower thing as well (laughs) and it's just the weirdest feeling where a guy i'm like you got so mixed up in that one you almost feel bad but you get over it quickly uh, tell me about your collegiate career. You played at Olds Junior A. You, you, you had your rights moving around the dub a little, but it was like, you know what? Uh, college was the route for you. I, I, we've got a little bit of uh, physicality in college, and I want you to talk about what the game was like when you played. What was it, one and done? Two um, and done? Oh, yeah, you can't fight. You get suspended. No, sorry, uh, seasons before you went to Oh, went, to, went one year, just a single year. Um, yeah, my rights were with uh, Seattle, and I was from Olds, Alberta, and if my rights were with Calgary, um, Red Deer, even Regina, I would have probably gone and played in the dub. Lethbridge, Edmonton, sure. I was a little bit, uh, I was a bit of a mama's boy, and I was not, I was too scared to leave and go far, far away to the United States, and I wasn't ready for it, and I was just like, and I came into my into my own later in life. I was kind of a late bloomer, so I'm like, this is all happening so fast. I need time to develop. I'm just hitting my stride. I'm just learning here. I'm just understanding. I just became a full-time defenseman, mm. so I wanted, and everyone was like, if you go to college, you get all this time to, to develop. develop and holy smokes to those guys work on their craft and they come out of there. And if you're a free agent, you can pick your place to play, blah, blah, blah. So I go that Two days in the gym a week, whatever it is. Big yeah. time. So I go down to University of Minnesota Duluth, a really good program with a really good coach in Scott Sandlin. I think he's got three national championships um, since I've been there, blah, blah, blah. I start playing there and I, I guess, yeah, I was a, uh, one of the tougher guys in the league, just in the fact that maybe I should have been a dub player, but running around hitting guys like crazy, taking a lot of two minute penalties. I was leading the nation in penalty minutes just off of two minute <laughs> minors, but I never fought. Yeah. And it's because you're, you're, you get tossed. And I can't even remember what the, what yeah, the game of conduct usually see. And probably the next one, I, I can't remember, yeah. but it's just, you can't do it. It's too detrimental to your team. So you get in the old cage rages and you got the guys this tall acting like they're six, five, blah, 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 blah. It's all good. But I mean, my thing at the time coming to junior, I wasn't Mr. Fighter. I was pretty good at hitting. And my coach just said, you can take the chargings and the boardings, take four of them a game. I don't care. Just mm-hmm. keep running these guys through the wall. And it was like these guys hadn't played head hockey. So I did it, but there was always that this isn't junior. This isn't pro. You're not allowed to fight. Yeah. And I think that probably expedited your departure from college because you were, you were playing a pro game. 
pretty much. You yeah. just couldn't finish the pro shift or the tilt when every once in a while when it you know would have naturally gone that way. And the year was great for me. I, I developed. I got better. I I um I'm I developed uh, more than I probably would have riding the bus in the WHL. I don't have any regrets. I sometimes wonder what would have happened, but playing there, I mean, you're on the ice a lot. You're on the ice all summer. You're doing these super intense workout regiments you're working on your feet and your quickness and your agility and plyometrics and you're going hard i got better that year i have no mm. qualms just because i left after one year i know a lot of guys that played college and left early well, it's a feather in the cap in my mind you you went there to become a better hockey player with the hopes of being pro mm. you showed enough in one year that the pro ranks were like here's the money come now yeah they offer you a contract you get a signing bonus you want to so, start playing pro so hockey you don't have to go to school anymore check mark duluth they yeah. developed you how long will this last for uh i don't think they're gonna be dangling this in front of my face forever but i can always go back to college and finish this thing i'm doing so it was an easy decision i was ready for pro and because of playing ncaa i think that at 20 years old i was ready to play in the american league and and be you know on the bubble for a call up to the nhl i think i attribute that to the development of the ncaa should there be fighting in college? Let's have a look at what happens here. It doesn't look like people are very familiar with fighting. We've got uh, ASU, one of the newer teams in NCAA hockey, with that rink they share with the Coyotes. Great setup down there. If in I Alaska. Oh, you might not have made it. <laughs> I don't think I would have. Uh, they're in Alaska to play Fairbanks, one of the two uh, clubs way up there in AK, and uh, things get a little bit out of hand. We have scrums fights guys leaving the box then fighting when you see it you definitely notice that collegiate players aren't um hmm, educated in the in the dark arts as we've called them earlier in terms of there's a lot of guys that don't don't seem to know exactly what they're doing you give them the tip of the cap for the effort do you think uh the game would be better or worse with like college is its own beast you've you've seen it you've played it you've watched it would it make it better worse or is it just different well, I mean, I think that I would love, <laughs> I'm so biased and people are going to think I'm like a caveman. I would love to see fighting in hockey. I mean, you play junior hockey, there's 15 year olds playing junior hockey. Mm -hmm. It's not the, it's the exception, not the rule. I understand of course, yeah. plenty of 16 year olds playing hockey. And the majority, majority of junior hockey is 17 and 18 year old kids yeah. fighting like crazy fighting left, right and center. You got a designated fighter five for fighting fight three times nothing happens and then you go to college where i had like a 24 year old guy on my team in college these are it's these are men man. these yeah. are big boys these are these are guys that are developed they hit puberty you know eight nine years ago for mm -hmm. some of the older guys if you might have redshirted or whatever but these are big boys and they're treated like kind of babies like put your put your cage on and absolutely no pushing and shoving but that's the ncaa right there they're very regimented. They like to have the power. They like it to be nice and clean cut. And there's no chance in hell, especially this day and age, they're going to go backwards and go, you know what? We're going to allow fighting in the incident. It's never going to happen. They're never going to say, you know what? Why don't we just take these cages off and put half shields in here so a bunch of guys can lose their teeth and stuff? It's never going to happen. Yeah. So there's no point in really talking about it. I mean, I love the fact that the NCAA has finally woken up and allowed these guys to make a little bit of money off their likeness mm -hmm. i mean if you look at college football it's arguably as big as nfl which is one of the biggest things. billion dollar tv rights deals yeah a hundred thousand people in a stadium hundreds of millions of dollars just in revenue plus alumni giving tens of millions of dollars onto all on the backs of these athletes 
and you won't let them have someone buy them a slice uh, of we pizza. We can't pay the players. They become professionals. Right. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute joke. So I'm glad that they can do that. And what are you going to have now that people are allowed to make some money? You're going to have Livy Dunn, who makes four and a half million dollars because she's exceptional. Great, good for so them. You do have pros. It's fine. I don't care. Like yeah. pro or not, they're they they're are artists, not. They're yeah. college athletes. They're student athletes. But they draw so much goddamn attention, make so much money. They should be entitled to some of that. It's literally off the sweat of their brow. So yeah. I'm glad they got that right. But don't expect the college uh, boys to be fighting in hockey anytime soon. Fair enough. Uh, last item of the week. This is a cool story. Um, where do you think most hockey players are at seven years after they've retired in the NHL? <laughs> so I'm thinking like boiler, trying to get back into shape, married with kids. Uh, got a real job now going gray like me yeah, maybe not recognize her on the rink as much as they used to be body season up uh, i got aches and pains you know what cody hodson's doing he's scoring in the american hockey league this is really really cool now cody's story is a little bit different than many he was a highly touted player taken 10th overall in 2008 by the canucks immediately canucks and hodson we're not on the same page about how to treat a back injury early in his career. That set up a blockbuster swap between Vancouver and Buffalo. Cassian and Hodson swapping teams, both central figures that had faced some adversity in, by, in, the, in the markets that drafted them. Hodson was diagnosed with a really, really weird condition where essentially it, it, it's general anesthesia is horrible for your body and does weird things. And all of a sudden his career was ended. Uh, he was bought out in Buffalo, signed a one-year deal in Nashville, retires in 2016. Where were you in 20? Are you still playing in 2016? Mm, yeah, I was still playing. I was still playing. Seven years have passed. He's been getting long-term buyout money. Remember, it's two-thirds of the money, double the term. So the original Buffalo six-year deal was essentially, I don't know, probably 10 years of making almost a million bucks, living in Nashville. I think he was teaching kids, staying around the sport. But the body finally feeling better enough. His buyout money ended last year. He's on a professional tryout with the Milwaukee Admirals. That is Nashville's AHL affiliate. Mm -hmm. And after seven seasons of not playing hockey, three goals in five games in the American League at yeah. the age of 34. This is cool. It is cool. It's a long shot, man. Like, think about being a, a top 10 pick in the NHL draft. You obviously just... You've got it. You're special. Yes. And whether things happen the right way or whatever, if it if you get robbed of five, six, seven years because of injury or sickness or something that happens, that that yearning to know what could have been or to 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 finish it on your terms, I don't think would ever go away. And point. judging by the way he's come back this way and he's going to ride the bus again in the American League and he must feel like he's got something left to prove, mostly to himself, I'm sure. He must feel like he um, wants to leave it on his own terms and to at least say, not be, not have to say what if for the rest of his life. Yeah. And he's made tons of money, so it's not like you should go get a job. It's like he can, he literally has already made more than any of us will ever make. So it's not really about that. If you have this thing in the back of your mind saying, I fucking still got it. I should have. I didn't get to show my best. Uh, I, I, I feel like I've got more to give. I feel like I was robbed. I've got buddies that felt like that after like junior and university. And they're like, man, I should go get a job in the oil patch. But this team down in Florida is asking me to come play. It's 
450 bucks a week and maybe I should get on with my life. And I'm like, are you going to be 45 wishing that you did that and regretting forever and resenting your wife and your family and your job? Well, then you better get your ass down there and show yourself what what it is that you have to give. And then it's a done deal. Then, you know, and then you can live the rest of your life, you know, with positively and, and being at peace grateful, with the decision, at right? peace with the decision, yeah. 100%. So I think that's what Cody Cody's doing. And you know what, if if he makes it to the NHL and and shows himself that, yeah, I did belong there and I, I whatever. Great. If he doesn't, at least he knows now that he tried. And the fact that, you know, it's a small sample size, but he's sniped a whole bunch of times in five games more than he did the year that he retired. So yeah. I'm sitting here going good on you, man. I hope you the best. I, I hope you light it up and I hope you get to the show and you get a crack at her again. I like what you say about the, the whole regret angle. Like you nothing good. What about if regret. I just what if I just well, he's not what if it he's giving it a go. Damn it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you know what? Maybe this guy just fucking loves hockey, and he got to a point where, because of his health and the pressure that comes around being a top ten pick in a Canadian market, and then a huge swap, and then a buy. Like maybe hockey wasn't fun anymore. I, I mm. guarantee one thing: he's having fun out there. Right I see now. the smile on his face and his teammates' face <laughs> right? when he buries his first one. He's playing with. He's probably playing on a top couple lines there. Yeah. The, the little dangle the guy had to dish him there. You're he, so Parson and fed him. He man. knows what he's doing. Yeah. So those guys are laughing. I bet you he's having a blast. And uh, I wish him the best, man. Good for you because a chicken shit guy could say, oh, I got screwed. I'm just going to go and hang my lip the rest of my life. I know lots of guys that have done that Mm -hmm. ever since my knee, man. That was before my knee injury. It's like, good God, buddy. Like, don't you're going to you're going to be 50, 60, 70, still talking about your injury at 16 years old. This guy's not this guy. He's going to say, yeah, I went back and I gave her shit and I had an absolute blast. What a beauty. (laughs) So we, we end the show with that salute. Cody Hodson, keep kicking ass, man. Yeah, That's babe. cool stuff. Seven years. Good for him. That's a long time, man. Like your body, you would have to do a lot of working out. You'd have to do a lot of training. You'd have to get back into it. And you're doing it at, I mean, I remember training hard and I was like in my 20s yeah. to come back at 30 something, like you said. Like, I think this is years that he's quietly, this has been cooking. That's totally just guessing. No, but like to your point, you got to be in great shape to be a pro athlete and then in your 30s to maintain mm. and then to pick up a sport that you haven't been playing games in for seven years. Like, Ooh, that's impressive. But he's a talented guy, obviously, and he yeah. must have the passion for the game. So that that crushes all things. Everything that we've talked about, that's bigger than all that stuff. I'm so he's 40. obviously got it. I haven't played since midget. Are you saying that? I saw I saw you on the <laughs> rink. You still got it, man. I'm surprised you weren't I have no regrets. I, uh, I was a chicken shit that wasn't good enough with not enough skill. So uh, No regrets. I sleep very well every night. Hey, I had a, a very limited amount of skill as well, but you make the most of it, buddy. You have more balls than I do. That's not even in question. Uh, thanks for hanging with us again this week. We'll be back again next week. It is the Department of Discipline. Make sure you do us uh, a solid subscribe. Give us five stars. Like it, whatever platform you're on. And better than anything, just tell your pals if you like the podcast. Every week, typically dropping on Thursdays. You see some social clips throughout the week. And uh, if you've got anything to uh, tell us, find us on social media. As you can find me at Pinder Report on X. Or Pinder, you suck on Instagram. We'll try not to wear twinning shirts every wow, This is kind of embarrassing. What are you talking about? We're a team. We're a team. We're cute. We're a team. We're a team. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks for watching. My boy's a hockey player. My boy, he's pretty tough. I'm awfully proud of my boy. He ain't afraid to mix it up. Should have seen him whoop that Nichols kid. Gave that boy a bloody nose shoot. By the time he's 10 years old, my boy be ready for the pros. Wanna see a hockey fight? Little Donnie Brook, a little crew, ha ha. The bar team should score tonight. We all can yell, hurrah, hurrah.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.